Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What's, what's the opposite of breaking news? This is news you've already... We are maybe the last outlet in America to bring you this. We made direct eye contact. I mean, we were in each other's faces. The dog that the, the bear grabbed, she's the baby. I have to protect the baby. I sprint towards her, and in that split second, I decide to push the bear. Like, it was nothing, apparently. And when I push the bear, she falls back, and that's when she, my the dog she grabbed runs away, and I pick up my other dog, and I scram. There you go. That's teenage girl pushes bear over fence. A video viewed eight quintillion times, and we bring it to you last. I hadn't heard the interview, though. That was kind of cute. Of course, she'd have a different tone of voice if she was showing you where her right arm used to be. Yeah, that's that's one of those things where, you know, the way it went, it's fine. But I wonder if you run that experiment 50 times, if 49 times you end up mauled to death. And the one time you end up pushing the bear over the fence. Yeah, so I, we don't want to encourage bear pushing. <laughs> that's our that's our point. Well, teenage girls shouldn't fight giant bears. I just don't think you're generally it's like it's I'm like sorry, that, I should or shouldn't. It's like Floyd said. Mayweather and that Paul kid. It's just <laughs> it's unfair. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, thank God she and her doggies are okay. We haven't talked much politics this show, like Republicans, Democrats, etc. Uh, have that for you in a second. Speaking of looking backward, there are a couple of follow-ups I want to do really quickly. Uh, we mentioned earlier that the wife of Gavin Mussolini, the governor of California, uh, has been paid $2.3 million uh, by her own foundation for her leadership and creating documentary films. I had misunderstood. I thought that was through the current year. No, that was 2011 through 2018. So it's nearly $300,000 a year. She gets paid by the foundation whose money comes from giant, powerful corporations in California. It's like they don't even bother to cover their tracks. Unbelievable. She gets paid more than 20% of the $10.4 million received from contributors. Elites who run states, cities, the federal government, whatever, I don't even think they take the time to laugh at how naive we are to the way the world works. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, this is the, those of us in this room at this gala with the fake charity and the governor here and the contributions because we care about our cause and all this stuff. Yeah, that's the way the world works, you simpletons. Yep. Why don't you quit bitching about it and get in on it? Yeah. The uh, By the way, and this is a funny coincidence, the year Newsom around, announced he would run for governor 2015, the contributions to uh, Jennifer Siebel Newsom's foundation skyrocketed. It's crazy hmm. that those two things happened. Well, side people just side. became aware of it and how great it is. Exactly. Absolutely true. And then uh, one other follow-up. Yeah, there it is. Okay, so uh, Mayor London Breed which sounds like a British invasion band from 1968. But London Breed is proposing, as we mentioned, more than a billion dollars in new funding to address homelessness over the next two years, even though San Francisco already spends 300 million bucks or so. L.A., likewise, has announced they're going to pour a billion dollars into quote-unquote uh, dealing with homelessness. But we mentioned the uh, the experience of Mike, what's his name, Mike Kaufman, who is the mayor of uh, suburban Denver City, 
who encamped with the homeless. He, he hit the shelters. He actually lived out there for a couple of weeks. And he said the shelter people are mentally ill. They, they have substance abuse problems or they're just getting back on their feet. And then you got the encampment people, the bum and junkie camps, as we describe them. And he said, you know what those are? Those are bum and junkie camps. Those people have no intention of getting housing. They like the lifestyle. They're never in the shelters. They're, they're meth abusers. The rest of it, the junkie camps that are ruining your parks, ruining your cities, ruining your streets those are drug addicts who like living like that okay you need to know that having said that because i've criticized london breed strenuously at times uh she said she proudly called her proposal a historic investment but she acknowledged that money won't solve the problem alone and that the city also needs more housing treatment and enforcement to compel people inside or into care Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm not saying I'm in favor of the billion bucks, but the mayor of San Francisco, left of Beijing, has said we need enforcement to compel people to either get into the housing we're offering or into care. Quote, for those exhibiting harmful behavior, whether to themselves or to others, or those refusing assistance, we will use every tool we have to get them into treatment services to get them indoors. We won't accept people just staying on the streets when we have a place for them to go. Hallelujah. This is not San Diego. This is not Des Moines. This is San Francisco. But, you know, it's like, uh, what's the definition of a conservative, a liberal who got mugged? Mm -hmm. Well, what's the definition of a city that uh, comes to its senses uh, about bums and junkies? One that has tried the compassionate blue approach and has just had its lunch eaten and is now up to its neck in junkies. I know a handful, I can picture them in my mind right now, a handful of lefty people I know in my lefty town and in San Francisco that I'm friends with that have had it with the bum situation. Had it. For all kinds of different reasons. So you know, and, there and they, is a limit for everyone. And they mention also that indirect spending on homelessness is likely much higher than the official figures as the crisis touches many different agencies, from police officers responding to people sleeping in the streets to the Department of Public Works cleaning up and sweeping away tents, human feces and trash, etc. This will be so interesting to watch if San Francisco actually says the bum camps are done. Awesome. Yep. Like to hear it. Um, I do have some politics for you. I'll do it next segment, okay? I got some that's kind of funny and some that's just reality that I want to point out to you. Don't be misled. I think the punditry is misleading you on something. I do have this headline, though. Space station to receive a whole lot of squid. Astronauts hope to learn survival tactics from 128 baby squid and 5,000 tardigrades. What's a tardigrade? Uh, that's a very small, uh, like, uh, cellular cre- It's one of the smaller uh, things that qualifies as a creature. Um, you can only see it under a micros- microscope. And it's like super, like, ancient life, too, I think. Okay. It's a Tesla. Colloquially found- known as water bears or moss piglets. Well, you're a little <laughs> moss piglet, aren't you? <laughs> Come over here, you little moss piglet. Water bears? How terrifying. <laughs> but they're little tiny things. Moss but anyway, uh, Tesla... That's like uh, my favorite minor league baseball team, the Amarillo Sod Poodles. <laughs> sod play- Poodles are playing the Moss Piglets this weekend. Three-game series. Elon Musk should send Sod Pillows into Sod... P- p- whatever into space. 
Um, it's a SpaceX thing, and uh, the Falcon 9 rocket is going to uh, send these up, and they're going to study them, but uh, a lot of squid. I guess this is all about learning various things for being able to grow food and what can survive and what can't for our ultimate mission to Mars, right? That's what almost everything we're doing is. Squid farms on Mars! <laughs> Finally, we can grow squid on Mars. My <laughs> dreams have come true. It's a real leap forward. My personal problems are solved. Um, PJ O'Rourke reviewed uh, who we find funny. Oh, yeah. He's got yeah, a very like, clever guy. He's got to be like 85 years old at this point, doesn't he? He's pretty old. Hey, Michael, find our favorite PJ O'Rourke clip, would you? Whose idea was it? To put all the stupidest people in the world. <laughs> We love that clip. Anyway, uh, PJ O'Rourke reviewing John Boehner's book, which, remember, I started a month or so ago. Mm -hmm. Then my life fell apart, so I haven't been reading much lately, but uh, I hope to get back to it. But he's got some of his highlights that are really good. And then, yeah, I do want to point out something that the the political punditry class, if you follow that sort of crap, and you shouldn't, but if you do, you're being really misled on something, uh, in my opinion. Excellent. All that on the way. Well, whose bright idea was it to put every idiot in the world in touch with every other idiot? (laughs) Yeah. It's working. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. saw this headline up on the news summer bods guess who and it's pictures of celebrities or whatever and i was just thinking how's your summer bod coming i'm i feel like mine's off to a slow start (laughs) my summer bod looks a lot like my winter bod only with fewer clothes covering up my winter bod i don't want to talk about it how about you mind your own business (laughs) that's hilarious that is really pretty funny summer bods i guess you got to be younger maybe that's it um what order do I want to do this in? The kind of serious stuff or the kind of funny stuff? Uh, maybe the kind of serious stuff first. So, uh, uh, I suggest you don't follow the ins and outs of politics on a lot of cable news shows or podcasts or newspaper stuff. I mean, a lot of those people talk about, I almost, I almost, I almost use the S word. Yes, do it. <laughs> Joe encouraging me to say something that would. Um, it's just so much of that is crap that is either never going to happen or doesn't matter to your life or it just it's just crap. And they and they it's get, high school gossip. Washington D.C. is a giant high school. It is high school gossip and a lot of talk radio shows and a lot of people that we know that make a lot of money because some of you must want to hear it. Talk about the, you know, so-and-so forced out of their job. Somebody you've never heard of or you don't care about at all, but they're on the Republican team or the Democrat team, so it matters. I don't know. I don't even, I can't even imagine why it matters to any of you, um, but it must. Well, but, some people are really gifted at manufacturing interest in that stuff and making it trouble, and they make a lot of money. It's to our eternal discredit that we, we're not going to convince you all that stuff matters. But I think one example of those kind of stories is I keep hearing these discussions, and I, I tune out of them right away, of, uh, oh, if the Democrats overreach, they may lose the House in 2022. <laughs> so the Democrats are going over, if they do not get bipartisan, Jim, if they don't get bipartisan support for Biden's infrastructure bill, they are overreaching and they will be punished at the ballot box in 2022 and may lose the House. Here's, here's the reality of it, and, I, and I've, I've talked about this before, but David Drucker, who we uh, have had on the show a gazillion times, wrote a piece about it today. 
hey, everybody, Obamacare passed, and it's still alive and kicking. And nothing would have saved the Democrats from their 2010 drubbing anyway. So I'm not sure how negotiating with Republicans, even if it doesn't net bipartisan agreement, constitutes it ending badly with the idea this is going to end badly if you don't get bipartisan support. Hey, you're going to lose anyway. The history of this thing is the... You win the presidency, then the other power surges in the next election, no matter what. And look at Obamacare. They got it passed. Doesn't matter how many people hated it, how non-bipartisan it was. It's still How many the, times he lied. <laughs> it's still the law of the land. Right. If I'm Joe Biden, I do whatever the hell I want. I get through whatever I think is important, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose the House whether I do it or whether I don't. And the stuff I pass will stay law forever. So that conversation of, oh, they'll pay a price for it. Oh, great. Great. I, I just can't believe that anybody's falls for that crap. You know, the reason they care so much about it in D.C. is if you're on the ins, then you got a gig in the government. You're somebody's aide, you know, you're a lobbyist or whatever. And if the other party's in charge, it's find it a little harder to get a gig. So it's all about who's employed, who's in power. I mean, it's it's just it's internal gossip. Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, if I could sign up for, as a guy who's a small governor, if I could sign up for um, uh, straight party line securing the borders and getting entitlement reform, but we lose the House, I'll sign up for that today. Oh, absolutely. Who wouldn't? Yeah. yeah. You realize the whole, see, this is what gets lost in all these discussions. The point of the government is the policies. That's the whole point of the government. The point of the government isn't who controls the House currently, who won the last election. That's not the point. Right. And all those, the, the chattering classes never discuss the point. Hardly ever. It's all about the who won this, who won that. that, that that's not what it's there for. Oh, yeah. If we could pass some sort of uh, set of measures that would ensure that the federal government eliminates the 20% that's most wasteful, redundant, or useless, and that they can't add it back... I'd give you the next three congressional sure. elections. I don't care. Well, what about losing the House in the next? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not a congressional aide. I don't care. Anyway, so that's that. I'm um, unlikely to be asked to be the assistant under spokesman for some uh, senator. So I mentioned I was reading the John Boehner book, and um, I started into it, and I've given you some parts of it on the air because it's pretty interesting. And P.J. O'Rourke, who uh, used to write for Rolling Stone all the time, has written a gazillion books about politics and everything like that. Parliament of Whores, one of my favorite about the way Congress really uh, behaves and, and how they function. I think that was in the 90s. I was old. He finally got around to reviewing the Boehner book and it says, look, all these political memoirs are a waste of time. And people just buy them to put them on their shelf to show that they like that politician. They're all stupid and a waste of time, except for this one. Wow. Said, and that's the way I feel, too. This one is worth reading from the beginning because he's so blunt. Did not see that coming. Um, as uh, as P.J. O'Rourke points out in Boehner's book, who is the former Speaker of the House for the Republicans back when Obama was president, if you're not uh, up on that, <laughs> he says in his introduction, we're, America's about halfway through a double-decker S sandwich served up to us by an outrage-driven media and a self-interested political class. The fact that he used the term S sandwich in like the <laughs> second page of his book gives you an idea of what it's going to be about. It's pretty funny. Um P.J. O'Rourke says, John Boehner is so blunt that reading his book is like watching a man trying to fell a mighty oak with the flat end of a hatchet. And the next thing you know, the tree has come crashing down. Wow. Um, and some more tidbits that he picks out that I hadn't gotten to yet in the book. Uh, 
There's nothing more dangerous than a reckless a-hole who thinks he's smarter than everyone else. Ladies and gentlemen, meet Senator Ted Cruz. So <laughs> we already knew that Boehner didn't like Ted Cruz. He also right. you know, takes it to the other side uh, when he describes how he lost it on Harry Reid one time, who was the Senate majority leader at the time for the Democrats. I lost it on Harry Reid. He'd been talking all kinds of S on the Senate floor, and I went over and got in Reid's face and said, do you ever listen to all that S that comes out of your mouth? <laughs> funny thing to say wow oh with the next line being do you ever listen to all that s that comes out of your own mouth you can go f yourself he said to harry reed right there at the podium wow and he said this about bernie sanders he said the thing about bernie by the way is he's probably the most honest person to ever run for president he generally believes all that crazy s he says yeah Uh, we've had that sense for a long time i'm glad to hear we were right yeah he's incredibly misguided but he's he is sincere Bernard Sanders. It's funny right. to think that these things actually happen, though. That the yeah. Senate minority leader walked up to the Senate majority leader while he's giving a speech and says, do you even listen to the S that comes out of your mouth? Go F yourself. <laughs> well, the, the Speaker of the House, which w- makes me wonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did, wow, did he, like, go onto the floor of the Senate? I don't Say, know. Where is he? Where is I he? Don't, <laughs> I don't know how they got that conversation. Didn't you tell us that, that Boehner, really, he didn't want to be Speaker? He, his rise to power was very strange. Yeah. I'll, I'll get back into that book and bring more tidbits forward. It seems to be like, you know, like it's portrayed a pretty honest look at what Washington D.C. is like, which makes you like it less, not more. Right. Like everybody, I now have the attention span of a gnat, and I've been looking for the book that really gets me back into reading books, and maybe that'd be a good one. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it. Sounds like fun. Um, a lot more to get to. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty Show. So USA Today asked people when they're going to get back to their old activities. Um, their answers are... Uh, eight months ago? Their answers are pretty interesting, and we'll have that next segment. All right, then. Right now, it's time for Joe Closes His Tabs. Feature. So many stories open. Some of them merit no more than, I don't know, 30 seconds a minute worth of discussion. So we're going to go through them. I got like 18 things open in my iPhone right now. And I, I, should, I should go through them. Like, am I going to ever use this? Is this something I need? Yeah. It's too many things. Yeah, I kind of, ha- yeah, I have that. I better not close this. I might want it again right. syndrome. My daughter, who's uh, mildly autistic, has that bad. I mean, she'll have 50. Interesting. T- tabs open. Huh. Um, I only so got that's, nine. That's low for me. So that's a spectrum thing sometimes, too. I, would I do think that. it could be. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, number one, co- co- hmm? coalition of 20 state attorneys general called for the Biden administration to withdraw education proposals that promote critical race theory and the 1619 project in classrooms. It's not 40 state attorneys general, but it is 20 which is a pretty good group led by uh, the Attorney General of Indiana, Todd Rokita. Rokita happy, happy to hear that. Of course, re- yeah, reported on NPR as uh, banning schools from discussing racism. NPR is congenitally dishonest. Yeah, and for some reason, my tax dollars support them. I wish I could explain to more NPR fans what they do that is so wrong. Because the NPR fans I know... 
Like, I've got good friends who are NPR fans who just think that's the God-honest truth on everything. That's the one place you can go that you can trust to be fair and unbiased. Oh, they're serious journalists. But to say about eliminating critical race theory that that is refusing to let schools discuss racism is as much a lie as it is accurate. Right. Yeah, it's terrible. It's misleading. Uh, Just so you know, uh, here are your attorneys general. Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, Georgia, Idaho. Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Texas, Utah, and West Virginia. So there is hope in those states, at least. And let's hope it spreads. Racism is awful. Discussing the history of racism in this country is incredibly important. Critical race theory is awful. It's evil. Moving along as Joe closes his tabs. This is not a big deal. But Joe Biden keeps quoting Chairman Mao. <laughs> and and On the only, Yes, yes. He, he what a weird keeps, thing to do. He keeps saying, there's a saying that we use in a, a different context, the, Ch- the Chinese saying that says, women hold up half the world. He uses that a lot to show he's pro-woman. It's a Chairman Mao saying hmm. from uh, the, the Great Leap Forward uh, Times have changed and men and women are equal. Whatever men comrades can accomplish, women comrades can too. Women hold up half the sky. And it, it's, it's, it's a nice thought. And if Chairman Mao said, gosh, I like puppies, I'm not going to leap down the throat of anybody who says, gosh, I like puppies. The reason it's so silly, and, uh, and who is writing this article? Ben Johnson makes the point that at one point, Donald Trump quoted, uh, uh, Pat Buchanan. And the lefty media went crazy about mm. Pat Buchanan, who's written questionable lists and has been accused of xenophobia and the rest of it. But Joe Biden runs around quoting Chairman Mao. Nobody cares. Come on, you bunch of phonies. You bunch of phonies. But we have no time. I'm closing my tabs. Mm. Yeah! This is such a great story. It's so wild. <laughs> you may remember this. January 1982. You don't. Nobody does. But you could have. He had some sort of photographic memory. This guy, this this sheriff, is peering out an airplane window flying over the Colorado mountains. And he sees three short flashes, three long, then three short again. So he's signaling SOS with a flashlight. There you go. This guy's a local sheriff. He quickly alerts the captain of the plane. They they radio their GPS coordinates. Rescue is mounted. Rescuers make their way up to the 10,000-foot mountain pass, sub-zero temperatures, deep snowdrifts. It had been hammered with a winter storm. And they found Alan Lee Phillips, 30 years old, stuck in a snowdrift. And his astounding rescue tale made national headlines. Now... Four years later, thanks to DNA techniques, turns out Phillips wasn't up in the mountains visiting a friend like he said. He just murdered two hitchhikers. Oh, my God. And got stuck in the snow. Two young girls. Wow. Yeah, they threw the old, uh, they had some old DNA that they really didn't know what to do with back in the day, mm-hmm. but everything's leapt forward so amazingly in the last decade or so. They did the old connecting it to the family tree deal. Wow, that's interesting. That's, yeah, and they finally found out this dude, what he'd done. That's cool that they can catch so many bad guys that way. 
Oh, um, it is. I've always had a concern that I get stranded and 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 and, and I signal OSO because I can't remember <laughs> three long or three short to start with. And nope, I, I thought initially it was a distress call, but it's just OSO. Oh, that guy down there on the raft, OSO, he must be fine. I don't know what that means, but I'll assume he's okay. It's no call to action for us. That's all I know. <laughs> Yeah, one he's, thing is for certain, he is not in danger. He seems to be drifting out to sea, but I, apparently he signaled, oh, sweet ocean. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, crazy, crazy case. Uh, why don't we close one more tab? <laughs> Professor of psychology and neuroscience at Duke University has been removed from the American Psychological Association email group for suggesting that there are only two sexes. Oh, boy. Uh, you yeah. can remove me from any email group you want. I'll be fine. <laughs> That's not the point, Sean. <laughs> so, blah, blah, blah. Received complaints about some of the posts. Blah, blah, blah. Executive committee. I'm writing to inform you you've been removed. It's just unbelievable. And what's interesting about these sociological trends, what'll get you fired, what'll get you thrown off the American psychological what's this, whatever, is often these windows, is that the right metaphor? These, these moments, they come and go in a hurry. And you could have done the same thing a month prior or a month after, right, right. and your career would have been fine. Um, you just gotta be careful what moment you choose. Um, I actually got a copy, speaking of books to read, of Irreversible Damage by Abigail Schreier. I bought a hard copy, uh, and it came in the mail, so I'm going to uh, start reading that. And and you got to be careful, because uh, cancel culture will come for you. And the guilt or innocence has nothing to do with it. They just want to uh, murder, professionally speaking, anybody who stands in the way of their narrative. And, and you know, we've said this for a long time. Hey, hey uh, companies, corporations, schools. Don't assist them in that. If somebody is a person of good conscience, didn't mean to offend, meant something different than the activists are saying, have the balls, have a little bit of principle to stand up for them, say, no, we're not going to fire them. You read paper books. I just can't do it. Well, I, I buy them and put them in stacks. I don't necessarily read them. Just I never the lighting isn't right. And I, I got to buy reading glasses and just I don't need any of that stuff oh, with my man. phone. I love paper books. I'm an audiobook oh. convert now. I've been listening for a couple, about a little more than a week oh, now. Audiobooks are great. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, for those who are too lazy to use their eyes. <laughs> no, it's so you can do it while you're driving or whatever. Or laziness. Um, or just out and out laziness. Um, <laughs> what I liked about audiobooks is there have been a number of studies done that say you get all the goodness of reading a book from listening to it on, t- listening to it. Hmm. You don't miss anything. Yeah, it activates the same thing in your brain. So I'm listening yeah. to a a fictionalized one too, and the the person reading it jumps in, like jumps back and forth from voices when he's talking oh, wow. dialogue between characters and stuff. It's way more in depth than I was anticipating. Read what is the Cormac McCarthy book that uh, Brad Pitt narrated? It was really great. Anyway, um, uh, what was I going to say about the listening to books? Why I like it, it activates the same part. Brad of Pitt, oh. you get a little turned on. For some reason, I retain things better hearing it than reading it. I don't know why, but that's another thing I like about audiobooks. Do you find yourself spacing off while you're listening to them? Yes, and sometimes I have to rewind. Yeah. I usually, what almost always happens is when I get back in the car, uh, the first, cu- I have trouble getting back into it and I have to rewind, rewind. But then finally I settle in and then I can go like uh, two hours without. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, 
Many hesitant to get back to old activities now that they're vaccinated. This is one of those stupid, stupid pie graphs that the USA Today brings you that you can't imagine what's going on here. I mean, it's just hard to even imagine who these people are. Who do they do? Do they do they do they only survey mental patients for all their graphs in the USA Today? Sometimes I wonder. I mean, we'll have that and other stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Maybe we should just play this fantastic Tom Petty song until it's time to go. I don't hate that idea. Be a music show for a while. Good tune. So, USA Today has a little graph down in the corner every day and usually illuminates nothing. But here's the question. (laughs) Many hesitant to get back to old activities. Following loosened CDC guidelines for the fully vaccinated, what U.S. adults say about their pre-pandemic pursuits? Now, this is if you're fully vaccinated. Will you get back to your pre-pandemic pursuits? Now, what does that even mean? I don't. I have no freaking idea what that means. What does that mean? What What are my pre-pandemic pursuits? I don't know what that means. It's different for different people, I guess. Of course, polo in my case. So the- scaling the sides of buildings dressed as Spiderman. I'll, I'll build up to the plurality, I guess. Well, I'll start with the plurality. The biggest number is 44%. They say they're going to wait longer. So you're fully vaccinated, and you're in, and now, in May of 2021, the thing's over almost everywhere. You're going to wait longer to get back to your pre-pandemic pursuits. What were your Why? pursuits? Why? What pursuits did you have that you're going to wait longer before you get back to them? That's interesting, 44%. The next biggest group, 28%, I'm already doing those things. That'd be me. I'm yeah. already doing my pre-pandemic pursuits, and I have been for quite some time. Uh, quickly returning in 17%, and then I really like the 11% never going back. 11% of people say they're never going back. Never playing golf again. I'm never, whatever it was, rock climbing, whatever, whatever. Eat, I'll never eat at another restaurant again. I don't know what your pre-pandemic pursuits I think doing nothing gets a bad rap. <laughs> Wow. As an avid endorsement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But 11% are never going back to... But so in this case, though, Sean, it would indicate that they were doing these things before. Yes. So it wasn't that they were like... And they realized how much more tired they were after doing (laughs) all of these things. Right. Okay, that could be an argument. Wait, doing nothing suits me. You know what? Not going to the gym, not going to restaurants, not... This is awesome. I've been in pajamas for eight days. This is great. (laughs) Yeah. Well, on a slightly more serious note, I've been trying to tell you for ages that there's a significant percentage of people that are sheep. They want a king. They want to be ruled. They don't want individual rights. They just want to be safe. And you can't let them design your country. I am kind of curious. The people that want to wait longer before they're going to go back to their... I wonder what pursuits they're talking about. That that, that even vaccinated, they're not com- comfortable going back to yet. Orgies, maybe? I don't know. Slam dancing? I can't imagine. Well, it's the crowd that are, it's the crowd that are wearing masks in friggin' parks. What's the matter with you? Now that I'm vaccinated, I would go into a full restaurant and sit next to anybody. 
Yeah. So you, I, you, you people in masks and parks, you're religious fanatics. You don't understand science. You are the people of the 1400s, okay? You look like ignoramuses. Now, I'll put it aside, you're, you're, you haven't been vaccinated, you're undergoing cancer treatment, severe allergies, whatever. But that's not the vast majority of no, people. No, the park, and I mentioned earlier, the, the, the park yesterday is at uh, most of the adults and two-thirds of the kids had masks on. Yeah. These are young kids. Yeah, those two-thirds of kids don't have lupus, all right? They're fine. Uh, anyway, there you go. Vanity Fair with a big article about the lab leak theory and what was going on with the politics inside the White House and with the CDC and Trump and everything. I'm going to dig deep into it. Looking at it, uh, it, it looks like there was... So Trump had just seen the information that the lab leak theory was on the table with other possibilities, went out and talked to the press in one of his daily meetings and uh, blurted it out, as Trump was, uh, you know, want to do. And somebody asked, what what evidence do you have that it came out of a lab in Wuhan? He said, I can't tell you that, but the, the intelligence, for some reason, and i got to read deeper in the article, that really pissed off the intelligence community and the CDC people that he revealed that that way. And, like, and so it became a thing inside government that uh, the lab leak theory was kind of, it was a Trump thing. And you were too on board with Trump if you went with that. Even though the, the, the original document said that is one of the two most likely theories. Right, yeah. Were they trying to spin that as a way to protect the information they had? Well, yeah, intelligence services will often do that. And I read read one piece, I can't remember who wrote it, but they said essentially that put China on their guard. Oh, okay. We were trying to not show our hand. Mm. And that pissed off a lot of people who were interested in investigating. That doesn't explain, though, why you would uh, you were so mad at Trump you decided to carry water for and run interference for the communist Chinese. That just doesn't make any sense. The fact that the Chinese have not released those blood samples from the early earliest people that got COVID is outrageous. Yeah. There mm-hmm. should be so much world outrage and worldwide pressure on China to hand that information over that they couldn't resist. Right. There's just not. Well, and we all know how, just for some reason, time softens resolve. If the world had built up the resolve to demand the information last March, and it just built and built and built, as might have worn pan- some fruit. As the pandemic was getting worse. Right, so the result, killing, right. the result would have built up day by day because we still didn't know where it was going at that time. Right. We didn't know if we were going to have three million dead. So, yeah, there'd have been you could have really, really harnessed some public pressure. But those days are gone. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody in the crew to, to, to end the show up. It's Mike Angelo, our technical director, pressing buttons in the control room. Michael! Yeah, June is my favorite month. It's the beginning of summer fruit. Cherries are now in the stores, yes. and I'm eating tons of them, and i got to remember their fiber. <laughs> I sometimes forget Don't. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think we've all had that unfortunate uh, occurrence. Our board operator, the Christmas Goose. Yeah. Uh, Positive Sean is our producer. Sean, a final thought? Well, that was a lovely reminder because I do believe that means it is pluot season. So I got to load up. Love me the pluot. Combination plum, apricot. It's delightful. (laughs)
It's a freak. Human-animal fruit hybrid. Jack, do you have a final thought? Washington Post reporting on my own governor, Gavin Newsom of California. This is kind of a funny turn. Remember when Gavin Newsom and his crowd were claiming the recall was a QAnon conspiracy? Right. He now is embracing the recall and wants to have it um, as soon as possible because his polls show that he would withstand it right now. So now he is working as hard as he can to get the recall election to happen right away. Let's have it tomorrow. Why not? Wow. My final thought is uh, Mitch Daniels' thought from his speech to Purdue University. Pursuing one goal to the utter exclusion of all others is not to make a choice, but to run from it. It's not leadership. It's abdication. Pretty good description of what we saw through the whole COVID thing. Pretending there's only one thing to think about. That's cowardice. That's not leadership. Mitch Daniels, if he were taller and had better hair, might be president of the United States. That's no way to choose your presidents. And I hate to bring up... Well, never mind. We don't have time. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. My conscience didn't stop me. The clock did. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have all the podcasts available via download or go wherever podcasts are downloaded, including if you missed a segment of the show. We make them available via podcast. Get yourself some A&G swag. Drop us an email. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. My word for today is... Kapooya! Kapooya! Damn! You should hear about how everybody talks about you. Worst episode ever. I'm rubber and you're glued. Bad names bounce off me and stick to you. It's just the way it is. You can look at it. Half cup full, half cup empty. And boom goes the dynamite. So... I want winners. So... Let's go out with a bang. Yeah, let's go uh, Mad Men. No more computers. How much would that hurt us? There was meat before there was the internet. On that high note, thank you all very much. <laughs>